a sermon which I title God's Selection Process. I am going to let you know by my sermon today that God can give you what you are asking for when you qualify his selection process. God doesn't just throw away his grace, his gift, his money. God doesn't just call a person and say, come, come and be a pastor of 10,000. Supposing you start fornicating and committing adultery left by right. God cannot come and give you a 16-year-old girl and say, take care of her because you are somebody who cannot close your zip. God does not just raise people. God takes them through a process and you need to qualify. Then that thing you are asking for can come to you. On tutu engu sa debi arada ne mo moshe se u se na ufata asano di asha wonsa emremu se ane emremu anu radia shano eno eno adema on fan tutu en chinekwa. I will introduce you to some scriptures and ask you whether you want those scriptures to be fulfilled in your lives. If you want those scriptures, claim them. If you don't want those scriptures, ask yourself whether those for whom those scriptures were spoken whether they also liked it. Just like you, maybe they didn't like it. But for some reason, God imposed it upon them because they did certain things. Scripture number one, First Samuel chapter number 16, verse number six. And it came to pass, Samuel had come to the house of Jesse. And God was going to appoint a king after Saul. And so when he came in, that he looked on Eliab, the first son. And then someone said, surely the Lord's anointing is upon this one. It could be the one. Verse number seven. Verse number seven. But the Lord said to Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature because I have refused him. And, and, and King James was very kind by using the word refuse. Then the good news was very, very, very deep. He said, for God said, I have rejected him. Now, to refuse somebody means to close the door for the person. If, if, if I'm expecting a guest, and then I ask my, uh, my security man, why didn't the guest, my guest enter? He says, when he came, he was insulting me, so I refused him entry. Yeah, that is authority. You will not enter when you are refused. Now, the, the word rejects, rejects, rejection, as was used by the good news, God says, my soul and my spirit has rejected this man. I have rejected him. I have refused him for the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. If you love this scripture, use it for your prayer this week. And say, God, let me know how to be rejected. And when God shows you, do it very well. He's waiting for you. He said, this one, I have shut the door. He will never become king. I have closed the door. Sum it up for them because... You, you think Eliab wanted to be rejected? 
Now, Bisa will say, and Kalia, where can on Kwa, and Keradim Pound in Flanas, only in Frimu, Debida. You think you want the kind of struggles that you are going through? You don't want it. So now, how can you leave that place where you are and come to the place where you can now attract God's attention? Now, how about this one? Maybe you like Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49, verse number, verse number 3. Genesis chapter 49, verse number 3. Most of whom I didn't you are not Jacob had lined all his sons and he was going to apportion to them by prophecy their inheritances. And then the firstborn, Reuben. Reuben, thou art my firstborn. Yes, that's wonderful. You are my might. Oh yeah, wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. If you are, you are firstborn and you have the might. And the beginning of my strength. Oh my God, what a qualification. The excellency of dignity. Wow! What a CV. And the excellency of power. Who doesn't need power? That is Robin. Power, he had it. Dignity, he had it. Strength, he had it. First position, it was his. Who enjoyed the mother's attention most of all of them? Robin. Because he was the first. Oh, verse 4. But unstable as water. The good news Bible says, but as violent as water. What is violent water? It is the water that you keep behind a closed door. And the water wants to come out like it happened to our wall here recently. The water was so strong at the back that it pulled down all the walls came to royal house here, flashed everything and everybody and stopped our all night. That is Ruby. In the spirit. Ruby, you can't be kind of Obi. And what will be? Oh, for your bad man, because I'm strong. First bomb, but you are destructive. Ruby. I'm not kind of one day. No, mom. What's that? You have to say, sweetie. You have a destructive spirit. Everywhere you go, you destroy. Marriages, you destroy. Friendship, you destroy. Manjalo you can never qualify for God's selection. No. No. No, yourself for Obi Obomai, Obi Here is a prophecy. Thou shall not excel. Period. Full stop. You won't prosper. You think Ruby loved this? No! He would have loved the Judah one. He would have loved the Joseph one. But for some reason, there was something in him that pushed him to this place. Hey, God's selection process. Do you qualify? If God comes here right now, God is looking for somebody. Send here right this And I want so so. Ruben, get out. Call me Simon Levy. Simon. Simon, Simeon and Levy. You are brothers. Yes, of course, we know that. It's good. It means that the agreement between them was so strong. Even when they wanted to go and do wicked things, they will agree. Two brothers. But 
you are instruments of cruelty. There is wickedness in you. And in your habitation. Oh my soul, come not thou into their secret. And unto their assembly, my honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a wall. Verse number 7. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them. They will not have inheritance. Me. Me, Yehovah. I have said it. I said these two, they don't qualify. When I look at them, they, they don't come anywhere my selection process. Get them out of my face. Simon Levi, Muya Nya Numpa, Mukambum, Muya Nya Mapamuya Nama Bonpam to Mikambum. Now make a chamus, Mudia Musubai, and it's in the Musinti, Mun to me and your Bifimia Radimentine. The one in Malachi chapter one and verse two is so serious because God uses some words that I will not use, I will only read because God said it. I will, I will echo what God has said. So you put the blame on God, not some crunchy ankra. Malachi chapter one, verse two. Malachi, humanity, Malachi chapter 1 verse 2. God speaking. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Yes, Esau was Jacob's brother, saith the Lord. Yet I love Jacob. Oh, thank God. How about the other one? Verse 3. How about the other man? And I hated Esau. And I laid his mountains and his heritage waste. For the dragons of the wilderness. Verse number four. Whereas Edom saith, we are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. That saith the Lord of hosts. They shall build, but I will throw it down. And they shall call them the border of wickedness. And the people against whom the Lord has indignation forever. Jacob I love, but as for Esau, I hate him well, well. I didn't say it, oh, it not be God. Hey, what, what is God's opinion about you? If I were you, I would stop pretending and I would stop pleasing men. And I would seek, I say, God, what do you think about me? About my worship, about my sacrifices, about my attitude at work. Lord, how do you find me? Samini Wanka, Sanabea Masambisa, Debiami Soranopa, maybe Sonyakopos, and Yankopong, Wunima Sitramuti saying, Hey, some grandchildren will not see, but God in heaven who sees in the secret place and searches the hearts of men. He says, His eyes are moving to and fro. Searching and looking for one. God wants to raise somebody. But he comes and he says, nobody qualifies for, I sought for a man who will stand between me and the gap. So I will not destroy, but I found none. Hey, why are you feeling like this? Jacob, 
The Lord said to his people, I have always loved you, but they reply, how have you shown your love for us? Then the Lord answered, Esau and Jacob were brothers, but I have loved Jacob and his descendants. You see, the thing about what you are doing is that you are not doing it against yourself alone, but against your children and your children's children. Somebody was going to marry. Few days before the marriage, the parents of the man came and said, it has been revealed in our church that uh, the woman, our son is going to marry. Um, there is a curse in that family. So, no, ma- no marriage. Few days. The sister broke down. But Mama and Rita and I know that the revelation that came at that place is true. Mama, Rita and I, we know. Because we know what her father has done. The thing is not about you alone. You, you are doing it to affect your children. Are you, are you that wicked? If you don't love yourself, at least those innocent children, what have they done? Why can't you leave a, a legacy of inheritance and blessing for them rather than leaving a, a, a legacy of, of troubles? Why? You are wicked. You are a wicked person. Sawuna wondo huwa. Womana womana na nomu tu ebaswe. Sawunya bibipo mawa. Enya womu numi. How have you shown your love for us? He said, Esau and Jacob are brothers. I have loved Jacob and his descendants. Verse number three. Verse number three. And I've hated Esau and his descendants. I have devastated Esau's hill. Hill stands for promotion. His promotion, I have created confusion. Anytime his promotion is going to come, I, Lord, the Lord, I will create basabasa. I have devastated his hill. And, and, and his hill country. And abandoned the land to jackals. Everywhere he goes to build a house, jackals will attack. When he plants, jackals will come. And anytime he goes somewhere, he does something, I will send wild animals. We're fighting. So, so wait a minute and find out the source of the struggle. It's a spiritual struggle. Can't you see that? Can't you see that the effort you put in, you should be okay by now? I need to remind you that I did not go to theology school. I want to remind you. I want to remind you that I studied public administration at the University of Ghana. I'd like to remind you that um, I have t- attended just a few leadership courses on Christianity here and there, one in Singapore, one in the U.S., and then here and there, here and there, here and there. Okay. Everything I am going to teach you today are born out of my personal relationship with God all over these years. I am now going to show you the kind of people that attract God. There are some kinds of people that repulse God. And there is another kind that attracts God. Now, I'm not going to give theology. From my experience with God, you can count on any of the five descriptions that I'm going to give you here, they are as like one plus one is equal to two. Can we agree on this? Yes. Let's go now. Number one, 
the kinds of people that attract God. God is a lover. Just like as a young man, you can see a young woman and something will move inside of you. And something attracts you about the woman. And you, you, you propose to her. Yes, that's how God is. Certain things attract him. When God sees those things, he cannot sit down. He will do everything to bring that thing to himself. Because God has feelings. But now I want to go the Ashanti way. Onyankopo, our feelings. God has feelings. Some things attract him. Number one. People whose hearts are after God are attractive to God. Anyone whose heart is after God. Anyone whose heart is after God is attracted. I have rejected Eliab. For men look at on the outside. But I go look at on the inside. And when I look at his inside, the man doesn't have a heart for me. He will be selfish when he becomes a king. He will, he will not honor me when he becomes a king. When I make him rich, he will not honor me with his money. Ah, when I give him husband, he will stop coming to church. Ah, this one, his heart is not after me. His heart is not after me. A certain brother. When he commits fornication, unmarried, unmarried, unmarried. When he commits fornication, every fornication is followed by three days fasting and prayer. When nobody is here, he will come to this altar. Lord, forgive me, Lord. Lord. After three days fasting. You relax one, two weeks. Fornicate again. You come back to this altar. Three days. You go back. Fornicate again. You come back. And then, at the time, he started feeling guilty before the Lord. This was his prayer. I feel guilty when I have to come to ask you to forgive me. I don't like this fornication. I don't like it, Lord. But I don't know how to stop it. Please, Lord. For the last time. After that prayer, he came close with the temptation again. For some reason, the prayer he had prayed and the fact that he loves God such that when he sins, he gets broken down and he will weep and he will fast. God looked at that alone. Something came upon the boy 
And then he said, you know, I can't do this thing. I can't do this thing. God has seen that the man had a heart for him. And God said, I will help him. So the spirit came into him. And then he got, I mean, he told the lady, it's okay. Close his zip. And then as he went out, started crying. It was a cry of joy. For the first time, he had been able to say no to the devil. For the first time, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. But Lord, please, can you make this permanent for me? Yes, the Lord made it permanent. How did the Lord do it? The lady traveled out of the country. So that was the end. Out of sight, out of mind. When your heart is after God, he helps you out of every situation. Oh, but I am talking to somebody here who wants God's selection. And yet, when you commit the sin, that is when you become arrogant and proud. As if nothing has happened. You come to church normally and behave normally and hey. When they suspend you in royal house, you leave and go to another church. David says, Where can I hide? For under the sea, he is there. In the dark, he is there. Wherever his eyes are just upon me. Where can you run away to? The second group of people who are attractive to God are people who operate their lives within the parameters of the law of God. People who operate and conduct their lives within the confines within the parameters within the domain of the law of god the law of god the law of god those people they get attracted easily to god Ruby, the law of God is not inside of you. If the law of God was inside of you, you won't go and take your father's concubine and commit adultery. Ruby, Ruby, the fear of the Lord is set, certainly absent out of your life. That is why you can go and commit adultery and then you come and stand in front of your father. Father, you are about to depart. Give me the inheritance. Hey! You shall not excel. You are, Ruben, I have rejected you. Get out of my face. Ruben, yeah. Who created you? Your mother? 
or your father? Who created you? How did you know that God created you? Because you found it in his word. So if you found it in his word, and you want to know more about this God who created you, where do you go? His word. If you want to find his will and purposes for your life, where do you go? His word. When you want to find out what he likes and what he does not like, where do you go? If you want to know where God is taking you in this life after death, after death, where do you go? Certainly, everything you want to know about how to relate with God, his will for your life, his purpose for your life, his plan for your life, how God looks like, his likes and his dislikes, are all contained in the law of God. So tell me how you can operate your life outside of the law of God. You are a joke. Shame when you're here. I grow ever when it's so pee. Those who operate their lives without consultation with the word of God, those of you who disobey the word of God, those of you who disrespect the word of God, you fail today, you fail tomorrow, and it is not your wish to fail. No, like Reuben, like Esau. Like the others, they did not expect those pronouncements which God made upon them. No, for some reason. Can you learn from them today, my dear? You are going for a wife. What does God say? Husband, you ask God, what do you say about this? When the beer and the Fanta is brought and you are being attracted to the beer and the Guinness, what does the word of God say? When you come close to fornication and adultery, ask yourself, what does God say about what I am going to do? When the spirit of destruction comes upon you, and then you, as a child of God, or you go for the cloth around your waist, and then you start shouting, I will show you that I am a man. Touch me and see. And then you, woman of God, Christian, unbelievers come and say, Auntie, it's okay. Auntie, it's okay. Mama, it's okay. Hey, you must tell them it's okay. Not they telling you it's okay. You are a disgrace to the body of Christ. You don't operate within the confines and the parameters of the word of God. You don't respect the law of God. Hey, God will say, get out of my face, you. You are a hypocrite. I don't know you. Because there's nothing you do that you ask yourself, what does God say about what I do? The third kind of people that attract God are people who are very kind, forgiving, and tolerant. People who are forgiving, tolerant, and kind. Oh my God. God easily gives them leadership position. So watch. Any wicked person who has become a leader, see their end. See the end of Idi Amin of Uganda. See the end of Emperor Bukasi. 
See the end of uh, uh, Samuel Sergeant Doe of Liberia. I mean, see the end of Adolf Hitler. When you don't have a kind heart, and yet you want to become a leader, it becomes disastrous for you. The first condition God looks at, if you want to lead people, is whether you have a heart for people. Are you a kind-hearted person? Do you share your resources with people? Do you have feelings for people? You, you, you want God to make you a millionaire? Settle the problem of your heart first. Make sure you ask God, God, make me a kind person. Then when the money comes, it will not be a curse. But if you don't settle this matter and the money comes, the money will kill you. You, you don't become a leader when you are not a kind-hearted person. When you, you can't forgive. When you are intolerant. The people who attract God are those who pursue the agenda of their lives with excellence. Those who pursue the agenda of their lives with excellence. God doesn't like people who do things by heart. He doesn't. You, you will never excel. You, you, you don't have excellence. You don't do things with perfection. <laughs> the, you don't have a desire for outstanding results. You always want little, little, little results. When your congregation grows to 50, you are so happy. You start fooling around. And yet somebody's congregation is 10,000 and he wants more. As soon as you make 10 million cities, you are so excited. You start drinking and going after women. 10 million. Oh, you, you are laughable. When somebody is looking for 100 million US dollars, you 10 million. Ah! You don't have excellence. As soon as you get one result, hey, 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 that's it. No improvement. You sang one choir song and it was powerful. That's it. For the next five weeks, you give us Lului. No excellence. Such people don't attract God. It must continue. Because God is a God of excellence. And the more you aspire for the top, the more you attract God. Take this one from your father. If I were a worship leader, and there is a concert in town, I will never go to the concert because I'm going to enjoy. 
if they make so much noise about one person, I'll just buy a ticket. I said, let me go and see what this person has. So I enter into the concert not to go and enjoy. I'm going to learn new techniques that he has that I can add to mine. So if you are, you are in choral music, if I were you, anytime I hear a choral concert somewhere, I'll just buy a ticket. And I just want to go and find out whether they have something which I don't have and whether I can add it to mine. If you go there and you find out that your performance is okay, thank God, you haven't wasted money. At least you are going to encourage yourself that you are not doing badly. Oh, but we're somewhere. So, we you don't go there like others and hey, it's another no 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 you are going somewhere go and improve konako pebi The fifth one. People who attract God. They are, they are people who have a discernment of God's times and seasons in relation with God's agenda for their lives. It's a very long one, but every word there is very important. So take your time and write it. Uh, number five. People who, who have a discernment of God's times and seasons in relation with God's agenda for their lives. I'll stop here and next week I'll move you into some realms. <laughs> And by the time I am done with you, if only you would just do what I am asking you to do, you are about to rule this nation. Mm. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you. You are about to take over this nation. And then now, what you are about to ask me? I will remove baby. I will go do it. Say you to me, my dear, we are going to do it. I will end on point number five. You begin with so. And let's go to Matthew chapter twenty-five, verse number six. Matthew chapter number 25, verse number 6 through 13. Matthew Matthew How many of you know this story? The story of the uh, five wise virgins and uh, five foolish virgins. They were expecting the return of the bride. And then they waited and waited and waited, and the bride did not show up. Then at midnight, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. Verse number 7. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lambs. Verse number 8. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lambs are going out. Verse number 9. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. 
Verse number 10. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Verse number 11. Afterward, the other virgins, the foolish ones also came and said, Lord, Lord, open us. And then verse number 12 says, but then he answered and said, assuredly, suddenly, I say to you, I do not know you. So now Jesus gives us a counsel. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the son of man is coming. Now watch me. Ten minutes. Watch me. The Greek word for time and season will be two. One, chronos. And then the second one, kairos. Now chronos is the measurement of time by humans. Uh, you mentioned you can calculate when you were born. And so you can say how old you are. You can calculate how the baby is growing in, in terms of chronos, in terms of time and season. So you can confidently say she will be expecting at this time and this time based upon the calculations, uh, the human and normal calculation, chronos. So it's very easy to know uh, your date of birth, um, how old you are. Um, uh, at 40, 50, some medicines that you start taking to, you know, replace some dying cells and so on and so forth. The second one is Kairos. Kairos is God's way of calculating and measuring time. Greek. God's way of calculating time is not like man's way. So when the Bible says, and it came to pass, it's God's way of divine intervention in man's affairs. God's kairos, it's God's information to you that get ready, something is about to happen. God's Kairos is that you are supposed to give birth now, but for some reason it's prolonged because an enemy wants to destroy the pregnancy. But God will use his Kairos time to intervene, even though Kronos says your time to deliver has passed. God's time is different. The woman with the issue of blood says, in this past 12 years, in this past chronos 12 years, I have spent all my money on physicians and they have not healed me. But something tells me this is another moment. It's called a Kairos moment. It's telling me that God's time is come for me. I should forget about all the physicians. If I can only touch the hem of his garment. And she says if you can do it now. Because some power is passing. An atmosphere is open. A divine opportunity has come. If I miss this one. I may not get it again. This is my Kairos moment. And so she went on. And she was pushing. And she was pushing. And she was pushing. And she was pushing. True, 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 true. The moment she touched the hem of the garment, the blast ceased. 
Now, now, question. Supposing she missed that timing. Supposing she missed the discernment. That's most of you. You've missed God's kairos, God's moments, God's opportunities because you simply don't have discernment. You can't discern God's times and seasons. Why? Because your spiritual eye is dead. Watch this one. Watch this one. And at 12 midnight, there was a cry. The bridegroom is coming. This was the cry they were all waiting for. This was the announcement they were all waiting for. The person they were waiting for. The moment they were waiting for. The miracle they were waiting for. Suddenly, unknown to them, not known to them, not by man's calculation, but by God's divine calculation, behold the bridegroom. And the Bible says the five other women took the alarms and they trimmed the alarms. They refueled the alarms. People who are discernment are always ready. Now come and see those foolish women waiting so many hours. Oh, please. Can you give us some of the oil? Nay. When we give it to you, it will be insufficient for us. Go to town and buy. So they went to town. By the time they came, the door was shut. Yeah. This was the door they wanted to enter. This was the door. But because they will not walk after God's discernment. They won't walk in the parameters of the law of God. They don't have a heart that goes after God. The door was shut. How many years didn't you pray for God to give you a husband? What did you do when the husband came? Was it not insult and fighting and the door was shut? How many of you did not pray and ask God, God, give me a good job and when you give me a good job, I will serve you. When the job came, what did you do? Going to work late. Spirit of excellence went out of you. No proper management of your time. And now when they are giving you troubles in the office, you say demons. What, what happened? And, and the door was shut. Shut. Then they came. Master. Open us. Open us. Master says, I don't know you. When did the cry come? It was God's appointed time. Did the ten women know it? No. But the five were ready. They were ready. They were ready. The other five were not. What happened to them? When was the door shut? When? When? We don't know. God shut it when he wanted to. Did some go in? Yes. Who? Those who were ready with the oil. Who were locked out? Those foolish, stupid ones. 
How many of you will want what happened to Reuben? To Eliab? To Esau? They didn't like it either. Believe me. But for some reason, something pushed them into it. Can't you see that the same spirit is pushing you into it? Can't you see? Now here's the kind of church I want to build. I, I want to build a church where 6.30, every seat is filled in the auditorium and outside. So we don't have to prolong worship and prolong prayer in waiting for somebody. We all start the first meal together. We go through the worship together. We go through the word together and we close together. We are a family and we are one. That is the kind of church I want to build. Now, if you want this one, help me. If you don't want it, be one of those five foolish virgins. You're a businessman. You're a businessman. If your staff come to check, work late, what would you do? Managing director and deputy managing director. Why do you do this to God? You haven't thought about it. Think about it. Think about it. And from today, I don't want to see any leader, any pastor, anybody who is going somewhere treat God anyhow by coming to church late. No. Electricity. Having iron my dress, they, they, they cut off our water. There was traffic in town. Ho! Oh. oh, Jesus, I love for me. Hey, come on, sing holiness. Come on, hallelujah. Holiness. Holiness is what I long for. Come on, holiness is what I need. Yeah. Holiness, holiness is what you want from me. Yeah. He was in righteousness. Right way of doing things. Come on. Righteousness. Righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. Righteousness. Righteousness is what you want. He wants it. It's, it's not, he's not begging it. Come on. Righteousness. Righteousness. Righteousness is what I long for. Hey, righteousness is what I need. Tell me that you don't need it. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me that you want those prophecies. Righteousness is what you want. Holiness. Come on, sing it for me. Tell somebody, holiness, he wants it. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. I need. 
dedicate my life. Join me. Let's dedicate our life. Take my heart. and prayer that this message will have an effect on your life and will lift you to the place where you belong. Royal House Chapel International touching our generation with the power of God. God richly bless you.